Hi, this is Amy Leverton from Denim Dudes, and I have five special podcasts coming to you from the recent Project Las Vegas trade shows, exploring some of the most loaded pain points facing our industry right now. We'll be talking about sustainability, inclusivity, brand values, customizing, and smarter marketing. In a world that's changing by the minute, I decided to sit down and pick some of my favorite brains in the industry. Sean Lacroix is an LA-based chain stitcher, designer, and custom denim expert, and he is going to be talking about the future of customization with me. So tell us about, yeah, your background, the story of how you came to do what you do today. Uh, so it started when I was just like a teenager and I loved jeans, and it was just something that I could invest my money into and wear and get better over time. Um, and then when I moved to San Francisco, I learned how to sew and I would always kind of just fix and customize my own stuff. Um, and then one day I'm just walking by, you know, the Levi's Taylor shop and I kind of stop and I say like, this is what I want to do. And I can see all the resources and machines and I had just basic knowledge of like sewing. Ended up getting a job a couple years go by. I ended up being a master tailor, so I'm here now repairing, alternating, customizing, making custom jeans for mm -hmm. different clients from scratch. Like fabric is cut, pressed, sewed, and then finished and made bespoke for different people. Once I did that tenor, I worked with Levi's Corporate to get involved in activations and marketing. And that's when maybe about two to three years ago, we really took it seriously with our marketing to get customization involved with our brand experience and see how we can elevate that for everybody. And so, marry the two and, and take exactly. it to the Exactly, so level. the trajectory of just seeing from being in the store, knowing what I know, into doing activations and then working with marketing um, has been extremely full circle. Yeah, we're at this point now that consumers and brands, we expect some level of brand experience and it's only rising from there. The next level down from that is people just doing things with their hands. Um, right. And that whole area has exploded over the last, I don't know, uh, three to five years, I guess, For but sure. certainly over the last 12 months even. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a denim uh, Instagram that I follow called Denim Archives, mm -hmm. and he is like searching the internet, trolling the internet for all of these little makers. And I'm always like going down his like rabbit hole. Yeah. Of, of um, his feed and um, some people have got 250 followers and some have got 500 and some of them have got maybe 2,000 right. and a couple with 20,000 but relatively it's like fucking thousands yeah. of micro makers obviously that has exploded I think you know I think everyone's always been creative but I think you know maybe it's the platforms um, getting stuff in front of people that's changed um, where do you see that going? Because I think that is like, your trajectory and your story. You went into quite a big brand, but essentially these days you don't necessarily have to, you know, to yeah. get eyes on your stuff. Not really. And it's funny because I used to be that kid yeah. that yeah. would just take something, hand sew it, just get that inspiration going. And it's all recent within the last couple of years, you know, like Instagram is only so, so new, really. Um, there's just only more access and more people on it. But it just gives the confidence to the younger generation and people who are willing to try. And also knowing that they don't have the background or maybe like the tools to execute something at such a high level, 
but be willing to get their ideas out. And that's what's so important when you're young to just try and do it. And when you have something like social media, you get so much inspiration, motivation from other people. And now it's just becoming like this huge like a domino effect. Yeah, it's like a kind of micro community and culture that's sort of growing and exploding. And Yeah, it really is. And that just falls all under customization, DIY culture. And mm. we're finding, you know, clothing items that speak to us and have lasted over the times. So like... Yeah, true. Levi jeans, Carhartt jackets, um, French workwear stuff. Like mm. you, those items, like people really hold on to and customize. And then even new ways like Air Force Ones and different items like that. So anything is touchable. So talking about, I, I think it's kind of interesting as well. You know, the value um, of, a, of a garment uh, or a thing or an item mm -hmm. and almost the blanker the canvas in a way, the more value, I feel like maybe what's going to happen with brands, and that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit today, because obviously there's some big box brands in here, is, you know, rethinking the way that they manufacture or rethinking the order in which you do things. Because in a way, I think, you know, with the rise of, uh, I guess, the control switching over to consumer mm -hmm. and, and, you know, their demands of the brand rather than the other way around, um, you know, the more that these... Uh, add-ons or these flourishes happen at, at the end, at the you know after after the purchase or at the purchase level. Yeah. Um, obviously, you would have learned a little bit of uh, strategy as far as Levi's is concerned in that time, mm. but you know also um, as a solo chain stitcher and customized um, guru, I wonder what you think and where that's going to go because people want more and more bespoke stuff and more Definitely. customized stuff. And it's marrying the idea and the, 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 the essence and the excitement that you get with something that's customized with like the restraints of being a massive big box brand, you know? Yeah. And the supply chain and all of the scary stuff. Yeah, it's a tough question when, you know, with my experience working with Levi's, just seeing the scale and the capabilities that um, a brand like that has also with such like a an item that's been around for you know, over 150 years and we haven't changed a thing about it, but what's so special is that denim and jeans or jean jackets in particular is something that can live on with generations and always have a different interpretations like Jimi Hendrix will wear it or Steve Jobs will wear it and it's just like we're rolling through these times and this time that we're now in the 2020 is just like rapid prototyping and a level of expectations that we have from consumers that they're not going to leave the store without thinking how they're going to do, personalize this. And it just goes hands in, in hand with denim and Levi's and the tailor shop because even back in the days, like Levi's worked with um, Jacob, who was their tailor, who yeah. to make the jeans for Levi Strauss. So yeah. it's just, History of it makes sense. Yeah. And I'm not sure where it's going now, but it's mm. the bubble will burst eventually. And I just think it's amazing to see that people aren't afraid to now be able to express themselves a little bit more. And that's how we're going to push the envelope when it comes to retail shopping, e-commerce and marketing. Yeah, we were talking about marketing the other day. I think that's an interesting one. We were talking about Levi's and we were talking about the CEO of today, right? And 
how recently, for those um, who maybe, I don't know if anyone knows about this or everyone knows about this, they recently did a collaboration with Tremaine from Denim Tears. And I think it was very interesting because it was their probably most niche collaboration to date. Most obscure, most niche. And we were both at the party. Yeah. And they, they closed off the back because Kanye was there. And yeah. then Kim posted Kanye in the whole thing yesterday, or the jacket yesterday. And we were talking yeah. about how Levi's have probably been trying to get Kanye to one of their parties for like 10 fucking years. Yeah. And they, the way that they get him is through the, mo the most niche, you know, least expected. But least expected to maybe the CEO, but most yeah. expected to the, the youth culture who are actually involved in that world. So I think that's kind of interesting as this sort of like baton of power is being switched over to the new generation and, mm -hmm. and everything's being flipped on its head and um, brands have to literally think upside down back to front. Yeah. You know, are these big brands listening to youth enough? You know, it's mm -hmm. great that mm -hmm. Levi's did that. It's great that it happened. But it's yeah. interesting that that could have happened five years ago. But it... It didn't, yeah. It didn't. <laughs> I think marketing and customization go hand in hand and that really catapults into more like sales and impressions and without that then it, it couldn't happen because I think that's where it's gotten really important now is if I've done things for different celebrities and artists and musicians even for example like I did like Justin Timberlake's like um, tour and I made like three jackets for him but at the same time like those jackets were customized for him but at the base of the jacket is like a trucker jacket certain style it can be linked and then that exposure gets all of his fans all of levi's people to buy this item and the item yes they can think about the end the result they can do whatever they want to it yeah. but the item they're actually buying is basic and it is interesting because that yeah that that collection was really really small, small. I, I don't think it was made yeah. to make money it was made that's the thing even if <clears> a, <throat> a big brand big brands i think now are starting to work more on like a micro level mm -hmm. instead of putting all their money into big influencers and all their money into like big activations where you can actually lower the denomination and pick more like local influencers and mm. artists to work with because that has a better impact on the culture so somebody it's like more meaningful yeah, i guess you got yeah like tremaine is like in kanye's camp but does everybody know about him not necessarily yeah but to put the effort to work with somebody like him, who's a friend of Kanye West, and now Kanye West is wearing a Levi's jacket. And the story was super so, personal, super meaningful as well. Yeah. It was a good one. It was exactly. a tick, tick, tick. Um, I do think that it's becoming more granular. Like you say, if you think about like who Levi's would collaborate with 10 years ago, five years ago, and you know today, and I think they did something like 25 different collaborations or around that mm -hmm. last year mm -hmm. or 20 or something like that, just last year. Um, and to me, that's saying we want to hit all of these different micro subcultures and we've got to get granular with it. You yeah. know? It's becoming you know less about the big celebrities, like you say, and more granular. And mm -hmm. then you can do, because these people are smaller, you can do You can do more. more. Now it's really slowed down because I think we had this like boom in yeah. just like let's put money into artists and musicians and all these activations and now you see brands actually pulling back. Right. Like there's not as many events and parties that I would go to mm. anymore that were pushing for things because it's just like marketing budgets. Yeah. So now they have to really 
analyze think. and think it because one moment it's cool, but it's going to cost this much. So now it's like, how do you control that? Because everybody wants a piece of this cake now and everybody yeah. wants to collaborate. Everybody wants to find the next hot artist or musician to work with. And you have to be strategic about that. But it's honestly uncharted territory that brands are still learning about now. How is a big brand going to tackle this sort of... It's going in that direction. Yeah. It's so hard. That's one of the things that I worked with is that how do we scale services and how do we scale brand experience, especially with a brand so big as Levi's. But I've done my fair share of research. And when you look at even other brands like Nike and you walk into their store... Their new stores also have like Nike Labs, Nike Customization. And with Levi's, we've always done this to the Levi's Taylor Shop on a certain level. But now within like the corporate structure, we finally realize that like this needs to be taken more seriously because consumers in the future are going to expect this. But there's no department for these kind of things, right? So you have like design, marketing retail, you know, and it's just like, where does this little facet and it's get involved to? And it's so much more important as it becomes so more important. Yeah, there and needs it is. to be some... I mean, even even here, there people are, there's like screen printing outside and there's a line for that. Yeah. So it's not just about buying what's off the rack anymore. And I think brands are paying much, much more attention to what the consumer does after they pick up the product or after they purchase it. For sure. And that's, it's a really exciting time. I think it's a really exciting time. Um, and then I kind of like want to move back to you and mm -hmm. your trajectory. So obviously you work for a big brand, but what you were doing was, you know, bespoke one of one. of yeah. one. Then you sort of uh, set up your own studio. You still work with Levi's, you, but you work with other clients, et mm -hmm. cetera, et cetera. And then the final part of that is you're almost going full circle. You want to start your own brand. You're inspired to start your own brand. Yeah. Tell us about how that thought process happened and what your plans are for the future. Well, the way I see it is kind of like, you know, I worked in like a kitchen, you know, for a really top, top restaurant. And I got to see how to make the dishes, see what tools to use. So basically, I had, you know, blessed to really have good knowledge from my background working with Levi's, working at Levi's Taylor Shop and gaining those skills. But obviously, when you have such, a, with any company or at that scale, so big globally, not everything is perfect, right? Like you need something done. It's going to take weeks or months, and all it is is just like a, a meeting with 10 people who can't make one decision. And 100%. obviously, when you deal with different age groups that have to do with like subcultures and making decisions, it's honestly, at some point, like the younger generation will have to come up and make these decisions, but it can be too conservative sometimes when things just need to get done now. Um, you have to be agile. For sure. So I had my opportunity to sit down at the table, but I saw it as a window of opportunity for me to step back and make the decisions I want for myself while I still can um, at my age and try it and basically work my way to give an answer to, to what I see. And I think that's true. I think a lot of the struggle that we're seeing in the industry today are old systems you know, that have been put in place 50 years ago, you know, 50 mm -hmm. years ago, 40, 30, no, like sure. it, over the last, you know, a long time, right. all these systems, these supply chains, this, you know, the bureaucracy, mm -hmm. they've been put in place 
and everything is changing and the, the new uh, you know, consumer is coming up and those systems don't work anymore. And it's really tricky because if you've built your success in that box that is trapping you, in, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. the, the box that we've created for ourselves, if you're a new brand, you don't yeah. have any of that. You can start from the ground up, start from scratch, right. and you can make those decisions. It's really hard for a big brand to unpick yeah, what they've I, put together. I think that's the thing is that big brands, they don't have that in their work culture or internally. So a lot of brands are always seeking new brand partnerships and new people to work with because they're going to, yeah, they're going to tap in and like, hey, what do you think about this? What's your interpretation of this? But brands struggle to do this internally because they're too focused on their day-to-day. -day. So when it comes to new ideas and, like I said, collaborations, like they're starting to reach out to people. But in the last few years, it's just some brands reach too high, spend too much money, and now how they're trying to focus on more, more local level, like low touch, and try to influence on that scale. You have to look behind the context of it all and yeah. see how brands are making decisions um, because that impacts like what you see on your on your phone on your screen and what you wear. And then going back to your brand, um, your it's going to be a denim brand, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, five pocket jeans, etc. Because I work for such a large scale brand, who's Levi's, it's just like what they do and other heritage brands aren't going to go anywhere. So even when it comes down to just like new ways of shopping and taking something that used to exist and making it more appealing and more attractive. You know, like juice, like nobody used to, people used to buy juice at the grocery store, but now it's like you can walk into a boutique, like juice and get everything done. Like even other industries like beauty, health and wellness, they're all like working their way through to reinvent and take old business models and make them refreshing. So. I look at that with my scope with jeans and yeah, I'm an independent designer so it's something for me to just figure out myself yeah. and not something I'm working on but I, I do plan on making jeans also and um, with my knowledge and yeah, trying right. to give the industry an answer to um, the, all this mass production. And I think that's really interesting because you are going, customization is so big, you're coming from that area which is a yeah. new area. Um, like you say, that should be new departments in a well, lot of brands. You're coming yeah. from that, and then you're expanding out, which is... That's the thing, too. Like, how much leverage are artists and people who do customization going to give these brands? Like, I can work with brands all day, but that's like a... You're making them money. Yeah, <laughs> and pretty much. You know, obviously, like... You're adding like, value to their I'm adding, product. Exactly, so... Interesting, yeah. I'm, I kind of switch... The other, my thinking way around is now how do I add value to myself with what I've done so my answer is to make my own product and I can customize yeah. it myself I, yeah. and now you know how things work when it comes to taking a product customizing it marketing it selling it and just getting units sold and mm -hmm. obviously making sure you have impressions and yeah. um, working that whole way in a way I think we owe this, the custom boom, the custom boom's ex, um, success to social media because it's the ultimate flex, it's the ultimate show off, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you buy a garment, I feel like you buy a garment that you're really happy with, you're excited about it, you might post it on Instagram, post a, you know, a photo of you in it or whatever, or unboxing or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you post it and you share it. 
and you get that little hit of endorphins, that yeah. little rush because you've shared it and you're excited about it. So you get the, you get the rush when you buy it, you get uh -huh. the rush when you share it and then you get the likes. If that's then being customized, especially if it's being customized by you, yeah. you're like, as an artist, I'm getting recognition, you know, right. for doing. So social media obviously has played a really big part in customization. Huge. Yeah. Where, I mean, do you see that getting going any further? Is there any, any more comments you have to make around that? I <clears> think it's become like a reference and an ecosystem. You know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. There's this cycle of you can just find a new artist anywhere now and you can find somebody who's doing something, pick up on that, contact them directly and say we want to work or just do it yourself and gain enough traction where exposure and something picks up. But you make one thing and if it gets trending, it's like making like a hit single. You know what I mean? So like 100%. you make that one single, then that can catapult so many things. Yeah, and when it when it's someone who's like younger that speaks volumes to their generation and the younger generation because it's like if somebody who is 25 years old can do this so can i or somebody that's even younger so 100 percent it's, it's, it's empowering good. it's that's what it is it's empowering for sure and it gives anybody the chance or opportunity to show what they want to do you know we have some out nicole mclaughlin because i think like you know what she does um for those who don't follow her have a look at her stuff on instagram she's rad mm -hmm. um you know she makes stuff that's quite provocative and kind of interesting or funny or you know engaging so you know maybe you know the patagonia bra is not super wearable but it's so super shareable yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. sometimes it's about an idea and a concept and a shareability as it well it exactly is yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you're not going to get that type of creativity inside a corporate structure. 100%. That's And I don't think that's a bad thing. It's no. just the dynamic of it. Yeah. You know, because you have free thinkers and free creatives who are willing to just and they, do they, it. they don't have to have a meeting no with 10 tell, other people. Yeah, who's going to tell them, like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. But it's like, who's <laughs> no, to Nicole. Who's <laughs> tell you if you're just at home with a product and a thread and a needle, you know, and an iPhone to take a photo? That's it. That's it. That's it. And uh, it's interesting. Um, she did recently did um, a podcast with um, High Snob, and something interesting that she said that really resonated with me is that she actually, when she's making a garment or she's thinking about an idea, she thinks of how it's going to look on Instagram when she's putting mm -hmm. it together. You know, she's thinking about the end image at the same time mm -hmm. and how it will resonate. And she she talked about the value of a product that she's making, you know, obviously it directly correlates with how shareable it is, how it looks and how, you know, she's almost like it doesn't, if you have an idea, it doesn't yeah. matter how good it is if only 10 people like it yeah. rather than 10,000, you might as well not it's bother, like which is so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it really is. It's like things that we post on social media and things like that are it's surface level to begin with until you really want to dive deeper into the subject. Yeah. But you're flipping through photos like three four five seconds at a time so yeah that's how much attention span that each of us have to focus on one thing yeah so what are you going to do that makes somebody stop exactly and look at what you did mm -hmm. whether that be a friend a follower or a big brand uh, i think that's an amazing point to end on so i uh, thank you so much Sean, thank for you amy in. yeah uh, my it pleasure. was rad and i wish you so much luck in the future i'm very excited about what you're going to create thank you so much thanks for listening guys follow us over on instagram and the denim dudes blog for more denim industry insights <laughs>